to have uh, Lynn Andyshack preach for us. Lynn needs no great introduction amongst us. He's been in our church longer than I have, and he is one of the first to be a part of our, our church with the opening group and so forth, and uh, Len and, and Mary have been uh, dear friends for all of these years to uh, me and Karen personally, but also to our church. Um, Len wears a number of hats. Len is an elder in our church. Len is an ordained minister in, in our denomination in the EPC and the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Len works for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, works with international students uh, here on uh, the KU campus, and uh, has been ministering uh, with InterVarsity pretty much forever. And <laughs> here at KU for a long, a long time. And as I tell people, as I talk about Len, um, there's no one and no one in ministry who I respect more uh, for who he is and what he does. So uh, let me pray for him as he comes. Father in heaven, we are very grateful for Len and his uh, heart and his knowledge and his relationship with you. And we thank you for his and Mary's fellow, uh, faithfulness to our church and our fellowship. And so, Father, I pray for him now as he comes that you will bless him as he speaks and the word that comes to us. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if I can keep from crying, I'll be okay here after that introduction. (laughs) But I should start with a confession today for you all. This is an Oral-B Professional 1000 electric toothbrush. I asked for it for Christmas, but I was on the internet one day and I saw this great deal. It was like half off plus a $15 rebate. So I bought it for myself. And Mary said, you bought it for yourself. I said, it was just a deal too good to miss. I couldn't depend on you to get it for me. I had to get this deal. It was on Amazon.com. And I tell you that because as I thought about the scripture this week, one of the things that struck me was that the Bible, are you ready for this? The Bible is a veritable catalog of Black Friday deals. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, the Bible is like a catalog of Black Friday deals, it seems to me. Uh, And I'm just going to remind you of uh, a few of them real quickly here. So listen to this. I mean, Genesis 1 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. And fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I've given you, now listen to this, every plant yielding seed that is on on the face of all the earth 
every tree with seed in its fruit, and you shall have them for food. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. This is the first great Black Friday deal in the Bible. These two people are plucked out of nowhere, literally, (laughs) plucked out of nowhere and set down in this place that's wonderful to live. It comes with a fabulous garden. And uh, their job, they well, they have a guaranteed job for life in this place. It's uh, basically taking care of the garden. You know, they, they were supposed to taste the food that was there. The work was fairly creative and easy. The garden seems to have taken care of itself pretty much. They have to name some animals and just take care of things in general here. Uh, and even, the, even their kids were going to be able to to live in this fabulous garden with them. You know, their extended family could be part of this thing also. And the sad part is that by the next chapter, they don't take this deal. They miss this deal that God is giving them. And they don't continue to live in this place. Then there's Deuteronomy. And this is the deal that God gave Israel as a nation. It's a, he begins, he says, because you listen to these rules and keep them and do them, the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the steadfast love that he swore to your fathers. He will love you, bless you, multiply you. He'll bless the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your ground, your grain, wine, oil, the increase of the herds, the young of your flock, the land that he swore to give to your fathers, You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be a male or female barren among you and among your livestock. And the Lord will take away from you, this is amazing, all the sicknesses and none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which you knew, will he inflict on you. This is an unbelievable deal, isn't it? They'll have a solid economy Steady growth, it appears. Their children will be secure. They'll even have health. None of these diseases will afflict them. And how sad that just like Adam and Eve, they don't take the deal. They miss this deal. And then you jump to the New Testament, and Jesus gives us similar deals. It's amazing. One of my favorite is John 15, 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. So it's a metaphor that Jesus uses here. But he says he offers us the opportunity to bear fruit. Uh, it doesn't spell that out particularly in this in this uh, sentence, but it's this image of abundance, obviously, in our life. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, sort of summarizes the internal, the character change 
that he offers to do in your heart. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all these fruit that he says you will have if you just abide in me. And if that's not enough, in Romans, Paul says, you know, that God works all things together for the good of those that are that love him and are called according to his purpose. That's unbelievable. He says, you can never lose. All things he'll orchestrate and weave together in a way that, that will be good for you. So even the bad things in our life, he offers to weave together somehow that it turns out good for us. And if that's not enough, he extends it, and uh, he talks, John, John 14, he says, Let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and, you will, and I will take you to be with myself. And where I am, you may be there also. So he extends it to saying he will even come back and eventually take us to his father's house. Again, he doesn't outline what that means exactly. But if you jump to the book of Revelation, you read about his father's house. And well, we'll read this whole section. He says, I saw the new heaven and the new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain. The former things have passed away. So this last comment of Jesus, well, in Revelation, in terms of being with him in his father's house, you know, not only is this issue of this fruit and a fruitfulness in life, but ultimately the promise is this perfection and this completion of everything we've been hoping for and anticipating. We'll actually be with God in a very immediate fashion. And there is no pain, no crying. Everything is the way it should be, the way we actually want it to be. Now, just a couple observations about these deals that strike me. One is simply that these are not commands. We have lots of commands in Scripture, and surely we owe God our obedience. We owe God our love for all he's done for us. But these are not commands. These are invitations through the Old Testament and from Jesus. They're invitations because he's appealing to our, our self-interest. He's appealing to your desires 
and our deep needs. Why? Because well, the reason is he wants us to come. He wants us to take this deal. Because he knows that it is exactly what we're looking for. He is, in fact, trying to lure us in. He's trying to draw us in. He's creating hope in us by offering us this deal, the hope that we can actually find what we are looking for. The second observation about this is that the benefits that he offers us are immediate and long-term. He's saying immediately some things will happen in our lives. There will be change. There will be transformation. There will be fruit in our life. We'll actually continue his work. Bill mentioned that I hang out with international students. And uh, this is what international students are drawn to as I tell them about the Lord. They're drawn to what they see as the immediate benefits of following Jesus. And they see it in the people of God. They see the Christians that they get to know and they're really impressed. They're impressed because of the love and the joy and the peace, etc., that they find in our lives. There's one visiting professor that I've been spending time with. Um, she's the head of her department back in China in the economics department. And she has particularly been drawn to this idea of peace. She really wants peace in her life. And so she has latched on to that, and it's drawn her in to considering the gospel. She is not a Christian yet, but she does read the Bible every day, and she is praying. And guess what's happening? She is more peaceful than she was before. It's really wonderful to see. I really have no doubt about how this is going to end up with, with, with her life. But she's drawn to this immediate benefit, and, uh, and it's working. And she's finding that with the Lord. But also, there's this long-term benefit that uh, comes with each of these promises, not just for today, but for the future. Um, there's guidance. There's change of my heart that hopefully will, that's promised ultimately. The promise that he'll use us, the sense of purpose, but there's this long-term benefit. And there's a sense that the future is full of promise with Jesus because of these deals that he offers us ultimately. And I do think of another person, I have to say, um, a friend from my years in Tennessee, who is dying right now. Um, she's dying of colon cancer. Um, there's really no expectation that there'll be recovery for her. But one of the things that's wonderful is that she has hope right now. She really expects a long-term benefit from knowing the Lord. She expects that when she does die, it isn't the end because the Lord is still there with her 
And she talks to people about that still because she's still alive. And as long as she's alive, she's going to stay alive. And uh, she and her husband have had a, a uh, ministry the last year, really, of going around and talking to uh, different groups and just telling their story. But it's such a joy to see her and her, her confidence in her future because she knows there's a long-term benefit to following the Lord. Uh, my third observation about these deals is that they really are extremely good deals. I mean, they really make, you know, my toothbrush deal look really pretty bad, ultimately. They're just so incredibly extreme, the things that are offered to us. But now I have three questions about these deals that strike me, or just three questions in general. And one is, as you come to 2013, my question is, what do you want out of 2013? What do you want for the year to come? And I'm betting that this metaphor of fruit sounds very good to you for this coming year. I'm betting that you would love a year where it's just blossoming. Your life is blossoming. Your career is blossoming where life somehow is bursting with fruit in terms of the change in you and everything else, the peace, the joy, the blessing, the sense of security. I'm just betting that sounds good to you. It sounds good to me. But then my second question is, what do you really expect in 2013? What do you actually think will happen to you? The world is an incredibly uncertain place unpredictable, uncontrollable, unstable place to live. This is post-Genesis 3. We are in a fallen world. Um, and it strikes me that there are a variety of futures just around the corner for us, for different ones of us in this room. Uh, some of us are going to face some fairly significant challenges this year that you have no idea about yet. Uh, across the street from me, Will and Christine Cunningham, they're new to our church just recently here, and they went away for New Year's Eve, or for New Year's, to Alabama, where they're from. And uh, they got a call from their next-door neighbor saying, there's water running out the front door of your house. And so Will called me desperately, Len, can you help me? I said, I'm in St. Louis, Lou, or Will, I can't help you. Well, they came back, and obviously a pipe had burst, and uh, half their house is destroyed, basically, from this water. I thought, what a great way to start 2013. You know, that is a challenge. They've just had a new baby. They've just moved into this house, what, six months ago at the most, I suppose, but just what a challenge to begin their year. Uh, but others of us are going to have chronic sickness. I expect some of us will lose our jobs. Somebody here will be in an accident. Some of us, our marriages will really um, be very difficult. We'll be going through a, a real challenge with those. 
And then all of us face just a lot of normal things that are coming this year. Uh, the normal challenges of life. Uh, some of us, I'm going to go to the Sunday school class on end-of-life issues because my father's 87. You know, and well, I'm, I don't know what's... I, I know my father will not live forever. And, uh, you know, I will face that, obviously. Uh, some of us, our children will be issues. Others aren't going to lose our job at work might be a real difficult year for us this year. And then there's just, even maybe worst of all for me, the, the sense of my own internal brokenness that drags me down constantly. Uh, Charles Wesley said, you know, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. I can just say, amen, that is so true for me. You know, it just drags me down. Even my reactions... I have a really pretty decent wife, but I treat her terribly sometimes, you know? I just react in anger or selfishness. You know, it's frustrating. So what do I expect? What do you expect this year? I can tell you that this is going to be a challenging year again for you, just like for me. So my next question is, what is your plan to deal with this? What is your plan to navigate what is around the corner? I could suggest that you read a good book. I have lots of good books in my library. They're great books, and books are helpful. I could suggest that you lose some weight, because that always helps, right? Losing some weight. I could suggest that you slow the pace of your life a little bit. Just slow down and don't take it so fast. Or I could suggest financial planning. Financial planning is always a good thing. And all of those things, they're good and they, they actually promise, you know, a lot in terms of helping us navigate what's coming around the corner. But none of them really is the key to the deal that Jesus is offering us, that God is offering us as we come to the new year. None of those things is the deal. And John 15, 5 is one of my favorite texts because it's such a simple summary of the deal that Jesus offers us. Because he says, whoever abides in me and I'm abiding in them, they are the person who will bear much fruit. It's such a simple summary of what he encourages us, this metaphor of him, him being the vine, us being the branches. And the picture of this is what? The picture of this is being connected to Jesus, like a vine and a branch. The essence of it is to invest in a relationship with the Lord, to invest in a relationship with the Lord. I mean, that's, the, that's what it comes down to. It's a matter of daily listening to him, walking with him, holding his hand as we go through life, um, letting him really lead us. I think of it as a daily conversation with the Lord as we go along. Uh, and what you see here is that the fruit, the deal is you don't get the fruit without Jesus. <laughs> 
You don't get the benefit that he's offering, the deal that he's offering, without him. In some ways, he is the deal. Just knowing him, when you know this person, it changes who you are. If you hang out with Jesus, it will just simply change your life. Um, But if you don't stay close to him, he says, nothing. That's the big point. Nothing. If you want the benefit, if you want the deal, it's with him. But I have one more question. Can this possibly really be true? I mean, here we are in church. We, let, we talk religious all the time. You know what we're like. So if you just spend time with Jesus, it'll really make a difference. Do we really believe that? Do you really believe? Can it really be that simple? Perhaps Jesus is exaggerating. Yeah, Jesus is a religious guy. Perhaps he's exaggerating. Um, Is it that simple to just be with him? And do you really believe that at all? Do you really believe that investing in this relationship is the key to the coming year? I personally believe that I should change the oil in my car at regular intervals. My car even has a little light that comes on, says time to change the oil. I believe that is true, you know. And I believe that I should save money for retirement. And I believe that you should exercise daily because I do those things. Well, actually, maybe I don't believe about the exercise daily so much because I don't quite do that every day. But if you believe something is true, you do it, don't you? You just do it. It's just that simple. Um, So it's like, do you really believe that Jesus' words here are true? That it's investing in this relationship that will change your future, that will change this coming year, that will help you navigate what's coming around the corner. Uh, 1969, I was a freshman in college, and I met some students down the hall. And as a result of meeting these people, uh, my life was really altered. And the first thing they taught me was, Len, you need to spend a little bit of time every day just reading the Bible, and talking to the Lord. They encouraged me to write down in a journal something that I had learned that day and then talk to the Lord about it. I started that in 1969. And uh, perhaps you've heard me say this before, but it has been the single most significant thing in my life. I've been doing that since 1969. And I can say that when I walk with the Lord day by day, just invest, take, you know, set aside time and effort to invest in this relationship, there's a difference in my life. It's like my radio is tuned in to the frequency and I hear the Lord's voice and things happen to me because I'm simply walking with him. Uh, I started that in 69, and I found that if I just am bright enough to obey what I hear him telling me to do, 
if I'm smart enough this particular day to repent and say I'm sorry for what I have done wrong with Mary or with someone else. Or, and even if I just stay the course and just continue to do what I know he wants me to do, even though it's being difficult and I'm not seeing the, the payoff right now, if I just hang in there and hold on to him, it makes a difference. It makes a big difference, actually. And anyone who's walked with the Lord knows that this does not mean that your life will be all roses. You still do live in a fallen world. We still do live in the midst of brokenness. And it doesn't mean instant transport to heaven when we walk with him. But there really is substantial healing in our lives, isn't there? There really is blessing when we walk with the Lord. There is guidance as we navigate what's coming day by day. There is transformation. And there is hope. There is hope no matter what happens to us. This really is the deal we've been looking for. This really is the deal that we've been looking for. And it, we would be foolish to pass up this deal of all the deals that there are, we would be foolish to pass this up. Um, the Oral-B Professional 1000 is no longer on sale. And there's no more $15 rebate. You missed it. But my last word, of course, is don't miss this deal the Lord is offering you this year to invest in a relationship with him. Just the simplicity of that. Invest in the relationship with him and let him bring about all that he will through that. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, that is a great word for us. And so I pray, God, that you would enable us to, to listen, to hear. And that as this year begins, that we would invest our very lives in knowing you. And Father, we trust that in knowing you that, uh, that the blessing would come. The psalmist writes... Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And so, Father, I pray that we would be lured to you by the promise of blessing. And so, Father, enable us then to abide in you, your word abiding in us. Father, the many in our congregation who are facing difficulties, just as Len has shared and us, we pray for them that they would trust in you and they would see then that you are with them. We pray for Melissa Foster, Father, as she recovers from surgery and um, it's our heart's desire that she be enabled to come home soon um, and that she would heal her body. We pray for her mom as she cares for her. We pray for her daughter, Michaela, as well. So, Father, be with Melissa in 
her family. Father, be with others in our congregation who are facing illness. Uh, we pray for Dale Rubison, who's facing even death. And so, Father, we pray for him, that you would be close to him, that he would know not only the immediate, but also rest in the long-term great benefit of all that you have for those who abide in you. Enable him even now to do that. Father, we pray for those who have difficulties in marriages. We pray for those who have difficulties in their financial lives, their work lives. We pray, Father, for those who are suffering physically. We pray for those, Father, who are suffering emotionally. Father, that you would be gracious to us and that we'd see the benefit of knowing you. We give you thanks, God, for this little baby born this week. To Kristen and Cordius Anderson, we give you thanks for Emma May Louise Anderson. And Father, we pray your blessing upon them and upon this, this child. Father, be with us as a congregation of people. As, as Len mentioned, that others are, look to us, and when they look to us, they see uh, the blessing of following after Christ. And so, Father, I pray that, that our lives would give evidence of the fact that you are good, and that knowing Christ is great, and Father, that they would be able to look to us and see that our God is great and desire to have all that he offers, salvation, life, peace, blessing. And this we pray, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Please stand for the benediction. As you do, I remind you of our Sunday school classes coming. Um, and uh, that you would take a look at that list and find a class uh, to attend uh, this morning. Please now receive this as God's benediction. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine through his power that is at work within us, to be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus both now and forevermore. And together let us sing. Worship the King, all glorious above, who oh, gratefully sing His wonderful love. Our shield and defender, the Ancient of Days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. Oh, tell of His might, oh, sing of His grace. Whose robe is the light and canopy space His chariots of wrath, the deep thunderclouds form And dark is His path on the wings of the storm You alone are the matchless King To you alone be all majesty your glories and wonders, what tongue can recite? You breathe in the air, shine in the light. Oh, measureless might, ineffable love, while angels delight to worship above. Thy mercies how tender, how firm to the end, our maker, defender, King 
glories and wonders what time can recite. You breathe in the air, shining the light. You alone are the matchless king. To you alone be all majesty. Your glories and wonders what time can recite. Breathe in the air, shine in the light, shine in the light. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above. Oh, gratefully sing His wonderful love. Our shield and defender, the Ancient of Days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. You are dismissed.